good night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. And um, it's December. Happy holidays for your hall end of year special. Um, we're going to do a little talking about the traditions of drinking in France. We're going to kind of have a little bit of story time with my friend, Alison Zender. Um, she's a friend. She's a fellow dam. She's got a lot to say. She knows a lot about food. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself and her blog and, and her work. Um, so I'm passing over to you now, Alison. Tell the listeners about you. Hi, Forrest. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm really excited. Uh, my name is Allison Zinder. Uh, people can find me at allisonzinder.com just to get that part out of the way. Um, let's see. I am a gastronomy guide. So I lead uh, travelers and study abroad students uh, through the streets of Paris, talking about uh, food, French food, French gastronomy. We do restaurant visits, uh, market tours, a bouillon tour. Uh, I also do a historic tour uh, in Belleville, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I'm also head of academics at a hotel and restaurant management school here in Paris, for also for university age students. So they're getting started on a fantastic career in food and beverage. Uh, and so I'm helping them through that. Very good. So why don't we start by situating the listeners in Belleville? Where is it for those who are not, are not familiar with it? Belleville is in eastern Paris, uh, so it's sort of um, from Metro Belleville all the way up pretty much to the edge of the city, uh, eastern, northeastern Paris. It's definitely off the beaten path, uh, and it's a really very cosmopolitan uh, environment, very uh, mixed in terms of um, all the immigration that has happened there, uh, lots of different kinds of people, uh, different kinds of stores, uh, shops, restaurants, cafes, bars. It's really, really an exciting place. Um, I actually got my start in Paris there. This was over 25 years ago. My very first experience in Belleville was uh, I, I was invited to a party by a Senegalese journalist, um, sort of just very random. And I ended up going up to Belleville, which I didn't know then. And the party was, in fact, in the basement of a sort of a, an African uh, little sort of food shop. Um, and so that was a little bit of a, I guess, kind of a harrowing experience, but it was fun um, because I didn't know anyone and I didn't know the area. And I actually got lost trying to catch the last metro home and didn't catch the last metro. I missed it and then ended up making friends with a bunch of people who are still my friends today. So that was actually a, um, a really sort of serendipitous experience. Anyway, it was it was great. And um, what we were drinking then was beer, Senegalese beer. I think the name was Flag in bottles. Uh, that was just an exciting time for sure. But, you know, many, many years ago. <clears throat> I love that. I love how, you know, those of us who, well, probably for anybody, but a lot of us who have now made Paris our home, those kind of stories that we have from, you know, early days, like interesting experiences. And I love it when you're still friends with some of those people. So <laughs> very cool. Um, now, I am not going to um, talk too much more because I know you have a lot to say about the history of drinking in Belleville. So I'm just going to kind of let you take it away. Okay, here we go. Uh, so Belleville was actually outside of Paris for much of its history um, until 1859, 1860, when uh, the, the Paris limits expanded. Um, and it was before it was incorporated into Paris in 1859, it was actually the 13th largest city in France. 
so it was a very bustling place. Um, there are two sort of parts of Belleville, what we call Lower Belleville and Upper Belleville. So even today, Lower Belleville has kept close to its very sort of working class roots, um, lots of old factories um, that have become artist workshops. Um, Upper Belleville was always um, a little bit more chic because it was before it was incorporated into Paris, it was where um, Parisians actually had sort of country homes because it was actually the countryside. Uh, the area was full of vineyards, fruit orchards. Uh, it was very um, blessed in terms of lots of natural resources. There were a lot of quarries, but there was also um, a great natural water um, supply, sort of natural sources, which I talk about on my Belleville tour. So like I said, fruit orchards, lots and lots of grapevines. Um, and of course, whoever says grapes says wine. Um, and there was a lot of wine being made in Belleville. It was very, let's say, cheap wine. It was um, known as Gengue or Piquet. Um, it was actually a very young wine, um, a little bit effervescent. Uh, like I said, not really super tasty wine, but um, it was cheap. And that was the main thing that was really interesting for Parisians, because um, in starting in 1785, there was a wall that was built around the city limits called the Farmer's General Wall. Um, if you look at a metro map nowadays, that wall would have followed what is now the, um, the Metro Lines 2 and Metro Line 6. So that wall just kind of like circled Paris. Now, it wasn't any kind of fortification wall for protection. It was a fiscal wall. Um, and the idea was that any goods coming into Paris, like fuel for heat or construction materials, and especially food and drink, would be taxed. So you can imagine... Parisians, very smart, they decide that they're going to go outside of Paris, outside that farmer's general wall, to drink and to eat on the cheap. Um, and so there was this whole sort of um, leisure, sort of all these leisure establishments that sort of sprung up overnight, starting in 1785. Um, one part of that is not in Belleville, but it's sort of the history of the cabarets that you can find in Montmartre, Nowadays, that is part of that history as well. Um, in Belleville, there weren't very many cabarets. Now, cabarets was a more sort of high class entertainment where people would go and actually sit down and watch a show. Um, in Belleville, we found a different kind of entertainment, which was um, what we call the ganguette, which is from the name of that wine, gangue. Um, and the ganguette is a kind of place where you would go and actually dance yourself. There would be accordion music, there'd be, you know, live musicians, but people would actually go and drink and drink and drink and dance and probably get into a bar brawl or, you know, two guys fighting over the same woman, just things like that. So um, it was pretty, a pretty rowdy environment. Um, so basically there were a lot of like I said, all these leisure establishments sort of sprung up overnight. Um, and literally they were, some of them were built along that farmer's general wall, like the sort of pressing up against the wall. There were all kinds of things going on there, like um, these different kinds of establishments. I like to call them the three G's. So there was what we called the Guget, which was like a place where you would go for a little singing, um, maybe with a singing group. Um, called like the children of Bacchus. That was the name of one of them that I found in my research. Um, and then you would stop in maybe uh, a place called a galgut for a bite to eat. 
uh, kind of like a greasy spoon. The word galgut or galgote actually means like kind of like to gag. It's like a, a, a gagging noise. So you can imagine the quality of food in this kind of place. Um, and then you would go to a ganget and do some more drinking and some dancing. Um, there were also an abundance of small cafes in the area um, with really funny names like um, the hardy cock, the, the savage's ball, the flying peacock or the jumping flea. And then there was the falling radish, which I think is really kind of interesting, just these funny names. Um, so anyway, so people would um, go to these establishments. You can actually see a scene from one of these gangets. If you watch the movie uh, Casque d'Or with Simone Signoret, um, the story of Casque d'Or actually took place in Belleville in one of the tiny little streets that I take people through on, the, on my Belleville tour because it's, it's interesting that the movie was actually filmed in the same place where the story actually happened. That never happens nowadays, of course, um, with movie studios. But um, it was, uh, anyway, you can get an idea if you watch that movie of what the ganget atmosphere was like. Um, there was also a huge uh, Mardi Gras festival um, called Le, La Descente de la Courtille. And um, that was towards the end of the 1700s, beginning of the 1800s. Um, and it was just like this huge party, like a parade, just wild drinking. Um, and people would actually sort of make their way in a procession down the Rue de Belleville. Um, it was really, you know, just like disguises, drinking, dancing till dawn, just, you know, throwing things. It was just amazing. It sounds like it anyway. And um, one of the most famous Parisian historians, Jacques Hilaire, once said that Paris without the courtie, the Mardi Gras courtie, is like Rome without the Pope, which I thought was kind of a funny comparison. Of course, we don't have that nowadays, but um, it was really, really wild. Um, and so basically by the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, uh, the drinking in Belleville was just out of control. Um, basically by, I think it was around 1910, there was, there were 448 drinking establishments in, a, in, in lower Belleville, which is just a really high concentration of establishments um, and descriptions of the time were pretty uh, clear about the state of people when they would leave these cafes and ganget. Um, there was a quote, it was um, that people would be drunk, foaming, cursing, wobbling on each cobblestone as they left the places. So you can imagine the environment. Um, starting in, yeah, a little bit around like after 1914, 1915, even the early part of the 20th century, um, unions came in, they started clamping down on um, the rampant alcoholism. But before that, it was, I mean, it was completely out of control. Men actually would, um, they would get their paycheck on a Saturday night from their regular day jobs. And then they would spend all day Sunday with their families, but they weren't ready to go back to work yet. So usually what they would do is on Sunday nights, they would go out they would start drinking and they wouldn't really stop drinking until Monday afternoon, which meant that they wow. weren't going back to work on Mondays. And it was actually institutionalized. It was called celebrating the Saint Monday, Fete la Saint Lundi. Um, and so that was just, you know, they would make the rounds of the taverns. I mean, it was really like this just bacchanal. Um, and so again, the unions sort of clamped down on that kind of behavior um, by the late 1800s, early 1900s, because it was just completely out of control. But, um, but there was a very, um, 
you know, festive atmosphere, like I said, um, there was a lot of singing going on, as I mentioned, but also singing from, you know, um, people who became famous. Uh, Edith Piaf was born in Belleville, and she actually performed in um, some of the theaters and music halls. Um, Maurice Chevalier is also a native of Ménilmontant, which is right next to Belleville, and he sang there. Uh, Yves Montand, um, different people who became quite famous later sort of got their start in Belleville because it was an easy place to get a start, so... That's very cool. I love to, it's just so exciting to me to hear about this history. And I think it's history that, um, that people aren't really as familiar with, you know, there's so many other more polished places in Paris and, and that are, you know, just more frequented by tourists. So I love this little peek into uh, a little bit more of an off the beaten path. Now you talked about the orchards and the vineyards and, you know, to me, there really is this sort of similarity, similarity to Montmartre where there are, um, where, where there are still vineyards. So can people still see vineyards today uh, in um, Belleville? Yes. Now, at the very top of the Parc de Belleville, some vines have been replanted. At some point, they were all torn up um, and there weren't any left at all. But in 1992, um, an association, along with the city of Paris, decided to replant vines. Um, and it's a very, very, very small vineyard. But um, they planted actually the same three grape varieties that were being grown on the Belleville Hills back in the day. And actually, it's the, the, they're the same three varietals as um, that we use for making champagne, which is kind of funny. So it's Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay. Um, and unfortunately, the wine that is being made there is nothing like champagne. Um, it's, it's a little bit like what people would have been drinking back in the day. It's very young wine. It's kind of a, a light, a very light rosé color, um, but not like bright pink. It's, it's very pale. And I've tasted it before because I participated. I've participated in the, the um, harvests before. Uh, the harvest is actually very, very quick because there are so many people who show up. They're all eager to pick grapes. And then we all realize that there are very, very few vines um, to pick the grapes from. So we each have like one, like half of a row to do, which is fine. But we did get to taste um, the wine that was being produced there. And it's a very, very small amount. I don't, I don't even remember how many bottles per year, but I think it's like something like 50 bottles or something. And it's not actually sold anywhere. You can't buy it, but they do reserve some each year for tasting purposes for the people who are participating on the, the harvest. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think that's very cool. You know, I know there's other tiny little vineyards like Montmartre and there's some in the 15th where they do produce these tiny runs of wine and I've never had the occasion to try any. So I'm, so I'm jealous you've, you've gotten to try some, but it's very cool. Um, so uh, th that's a lot of history. What is it like today when you kind of look at your historical research and now you live there and you do tours there? Give us a little snapshot of the differences. Okay, well, um, I have to say that um, in the time that I've been in Paris, Belleville has changed enormously. Um, it has gone really from this sort of down and out um, working class um, environment, which was probably not very safe, actually, when I first started going there. Um, and nowadays it's become very gentrified. Um, it's still in the process of gentrification. So it's not like done. You know, I hear Parisians saying, oh, Belleville, it's finished. It's over. Well, no, it's just different, you know. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because as you walk down the Rue de Belleville or up, <laughs> as you wish, it's very steep. 
you can see like um, a shop on one side of the street that still has a, a sign like written only in Chinese language um, because there are a lot of Chinese and Vietnamese um, and Laotian immigrants who moved in in the 1980s. Um, and then across the street, you have sort of like this organic vegetable shop. So you've definitely got a mix of um, populations. You've got all this sort of young, what we call bobos or bourgeois bohemians who have moved in um, to buy up cheap real estate. And then you've got the more sort of traditional cultures of people, um, a lot of North Africans, um, um, Tunisian Jews, um, you know, like I said, Laotian, Vietnamese, there's Senegalese, just so many people from so many different countries. So it's, it's a really, really good mix still, I would say. Cool. And um, so what kind of places do you like to go out to now? I know we've had a drink at a, at a great bar there together. Um, tell listeners where they might want to go for um, either sort of what's happening now or to get a little peek at maybe something that's a little bit closer to what people were historically drinking or eating there. Okay. Um, so where we had a drink was, um, it's amazing, of course, as you know, is Combat, which is right in the Rue de Belleville because they're doing some really um, amazing cocktails, which of course you know all about, um, sort of craft cocktails. That's a that's a definitely a newer spot. Um, my, I think my hands down favorite is called Eau Folise, which is way down at the bottom of the hill, very close to Metro Belleville, um, because it's a bar that dates from 1842. Uh, it was originally a, a theater um, and the theater closed many, many years ago, but not before um, having on stage people, as I mentioned, like Edith Piaf, Yves Montand, Maurice Chevalier. And, um, and it's, it's a very typical bar of Belleville because it's very, very, uh, uh, there's so many different kinds of people who go to this bar, you know, old people, young people, you know, wealthier people or not as wealthy people, down and out people, just, I mean, everyone goes there. And mostly what they're drinking there is beer. Um, so sort of gone is the very cheap wine, which people were drinking back in the day. Now it's been replaced by um, cheap beer, basically. <laughs> Um, so that's Ophelis, that's a great spot. Um, there's another place that's a little further up the street. It's called Culture Rapide, so Rapid Culture, um, which has a big sort of terrace um, out on a, a street corner. And they do like poetry slams and all kinds of sort of, I don't know, slightly subversive events. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, very local culture. Uh, it's to me, it's a good descendant of that sort of Belleville tradition of maybe talking radical politics or, you know, that's where the anarchists would show up or, you know, things like that. So it's, it's a pretty interesting scene. Um, Mon Coeur Belleville is all the way at the top of the Belleville Park, which I highly recommend for its beautiful views over all of Paris, even the Eiffel Tower. Uh, that's a little bit more upscale, I would say. Um, they put out sort of picnic tables out on the terrace and you can really have a view of the Eiffel Tower from your, from your table. Um, a little further back from that is a place called Le Vieux Belleville, the old Belleville, which definitely uh, deserves its name because sometimes they do sing-alongs. Um, a sing-along evening would involve basically a person coming to play the accordion and then they hand out sheet music or not sheet music, but the, at least the words um, so that anyone who is hanging out there can actually sing along to these very, very old traditional French songs. That's that's really fun. Um, the yes. last place. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go on. Go on. I'm interrupting. Um, there's one place that I wanted to mention. I haven't been there yet because it's brand new. It's called Canon. 
cannons, um, which is sort of this like space that you can, it looks like you can rent, but it's also sort of a wine club where you can actually sort of rent a little locker to stock your bottles. You can buy your bottles there, but you can sort of stock them in your little locker and have events there or just have a bunch of friends around a table and you can order food from outside. Like you can get it sort of catered casually or not. Anyway, I'm looking forward to sort of checking out that space. It looks like a sort of a, a kind of a club environment. So, well, if you need somebody to help you check it out, um, I, I volunteer. I'd be happy to. Awesome. Um, now, um, I know that, you know, there's this uh, history of wine drinking and there's beer happening. Uh, but I do know that you also brought a cocktail uh, for our listeners uh, that is related to Belleville. So do you want to um, do you want to share the cocktail of the month for us? Yes. Uh, now, it's called La Zizette. This is actually the only recipe or the only indication that I've ever found in all my historical research around Belleville for a cocktail uh, because people weren't really drinking cocktails too much, but this was a ladies drink. Um, so a lot of women in this area historically have been, you know, were working, um, like I said, you know, very sort of blue collar working class. Um, and sometimes women would actually go to cafes with their husbands, maybe on Sundays, but more often than not, they would go to a cafe with their boss and their colleagues after work. And what they would drink was this drink. It was called a zizet, which um, to put it politely is lady parts. I don't know how to say that differently, yeah, but anyway, I don't know. Um, but like a boy's in French is a zizi. That's like the kid's word for it anyway. And so the girls is zizet. Um, anyway, it's really easy to make because they're really only two ingredients. And I've given them in parts so that, sorry, not lady parts, but just parts. Um, <laughs> so you can actually make any quantity you want. So it's basically one part absinthe and seven parts uh, sweet, very cold white wine. Um, so if you're in France, you could use something like a sauterne, uh, which is, it could be a little bit too pricey. I wouldn't use anything very expensive. Um, you could use Montbasiac or Coteau du Léon really any other unctuous white wine or luscious white wine that you can find. Um, it doesn't have to be really fancy or anything with, you know, very subtle floral notes, because of course those are going to get sort of wiped out by the absinthe part of the drink. And basically you pour those two ingredients together in a pitcher, uh, stir well, and then you add ice cubes. I, I usually put the ice cubes in each glass, like two cubes for a glass, and then just pour the drink over it. And then I just serve it immediately. So, um, and then you can make as many or as few as you like, depending on the size of your, your portions, your parts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I like the sound of that too, because it's simple and, um, and easy to batch up like in a large pitcher or something for parties and then just pour it over a little ice cube. So yeah. I'm definitely going to have to give that a try. And for listeners, I will put, um, I will put the notes to it as well in the show notes as I will with the places that Allison has mentioned. Now, if listeners want to explore Belleville, Belleville with you when they're here, um, can you tell them a little bit about your tours and how they can connect with you online? Yes. So the tour that I do is mainly um, about the history of Belleville, but it's also very much about current day Belleville and all the changes that have um, come along in the past, I would say, 20, 30 years. Um, it's about a two and a half hour tour, th sometimes three hours, because people ask a lot of questions, which I love. 
I always welcome all of those. Um, you learn about the sort of, you know, the wine making history, um, the natural water sources. We look at a, lot, at a lot of street art. There's tons of street art in the area. And we kind of wind our way around up and down the hills through these tiny little streets, cobblestone streets. It's really, um, it's very pleasant. It's just kind of a time when you can just relax in and walk around and ask questions and, and learn. It's anyway, I think it's really fun. Um, I do talk a little bit about food in Belleville on along the way, sort of point out my favorite restaurants, favorite bars, things like that. Um, and people can find uh, more information on the tour on my website, alisonzinder.com. Um, you just hit the top on the top um, menu tours, and then you can sort of go down and find Belleville tour. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Well, um, I am, I just, I love hearing about this from you and I'm so motivated to get back out and do some more exploring. So thanks so much, Allison, for taking the time to come onto the show. Thank you for us. I loved it. And uh, that is pretty much a wrap for this month's episode. Uh, tune back in next month. I will be diffusing, re-diffusing an interview that is actually of me. I will be on Oliver G's Earful Tower coming up soon. And I'm going to be talking to him about some of the new uh, hidden bars and speakeasies in Paris. So tune in for that next month. And uh, if you are looking for more cocktail and drink talk between shows, head to our site, www.52martinis.com. And if you'd like to carry me around in your pocket, you can download our iOS app, Paris Cocktails. As always, thank you to today's guests, guest, Alison Zender, for taking the time to come and talk to us. Thank you to World Radio Paris for editing and production. And thank you to Sun Little for the music that we use. I will put links to all of these people and all of the places that Allison mentioned and all of her social media links into the show notes. And if you're just listening, you can also, if you're on your mobile device, you could just look down into the notes section and they should be right there if you're listening to us on iTunes or what have you. So as usual, I do remind you to drink responsibly. And finally, um, if you like what I'm doing, please take time to pop over to iTunes and leave a review. Apparently that helps people find the show easier. And um, at least that's what I'm told. And it, but it does make me know that I am just not shouting into a void that somebody is out there and they are listening. So um, until next time, thanks and cheers. Start a shiver by.